0: All right, welcome on in to week number 81 of the AI Kansas City Sports Podcast, Austin Coates, live in Kansas City, Missouri, and I am no longer alone, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, My co-host has returned. Isaiah, how are things treating you?
1: I am back, Um, I am married, and I am back from Punta Cana, so it is not... 85 degrees and I'm not at the beach, but life is still great.
0: There you go. Well, congratulations to you and your lovely wife. I'm sure you enjoyed some much needed time away and uh, you spared yourself the disaster of a football game that I had to watch last week versus the Denver Broncos. So uh, a went on all accounts there, I would say. <laughs> so Let's get right into it here. So the Chiefs, and and Isaiah, just for your reference, I did, in fact, pick the Chiefs to win last week by a field goal. Uh, Now, it was a little bit of a larger margin than that, but the Chiefs in Frankfurt, Germany, win their uh, fourth game in a different country uh, in the history of their franchise, which is pretty cool. Uh, And the Chiefs, again, you know, they're in sole possession now of this coveted number one seed in the AFC after defeating the Miami dolphins over there, uh, really another defensive gem from this defense that is blossoming to be at this point, I would have to say top three in the league.
1: Oh yeah. Um, the defense is absolutely the reason why we, Won that game. Uh, we scored just 14 points on offense. The offense looked incredible on the first drive of the game. They go straight down the field, seven plays, 75 yards. Mahomes um, didn't have an incompletion outside of the Justin Watson uh, essentially dropped drop touchdown. Um, perfect play calling. But after that, the Chiefs offense went punt, 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 touchdown. Another touchdown, but then end of half, punt, fumble, punt, punt, end of game. So they got one more drive that did not result in a turnover or a punt the rest of the game after the opening drive. Um, You know, that speaks to, you know, this is Vic Fangio, uh, the former Denver Broncos head coach that, you know, Gave the Chiefs trouble at times. Obviously, the Chiefs had beaten the Broncos, um, what was it, 16 straight times yep. prior to last week. So uh, it's not like Vic had a ton of success against the Chiefs, but he did make those games close um, at times. And he made this one close today uh, in a game where the Chiefs managed to shut down Tyree Killen. Really, they the huge part of this is they really limited the Dolphins' running game. Um Mostert had one big run on the day for 25 yards. Um but the Dolphins had just 117 yards on the ground. Um a lot of that came in the second half when they finally got things going, and the Chiefs shut them out in the first half. Um but what the Chiefs are doing defensively is really impressive. They handled, you know, the, Dol- the Dolphins motion offense really well. Um did not really let any big plays in the receiving game outside of that touchdown of Cedric Wilson. Um and they're doing all of this without um Nick Bolton, which is just incredible to me that, you know, we're without our best you know, second best defensive player, maybe third best behind Snead, um and still functioning as a top tier unit. Again, this Dolphins team has been scoring at you know, the top I think they're a top five offense. Um, this is a team that put 70 on the Broncos, um, which makes it even worse that we lost the Broncos, but, um, you know, a top five offense and we shot them out in the first half and held them to just 14 points on the game. So just a masterpiece by Spagnuolo. And I'm glad that man has no desire to be a head coach again. Like he can stay in Kansas city for the rest as long as he wants to.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and you know, going into the game. I do believe the Miami Dolphins were actually the number one ranked defense by points per game, or sorry, offense by points per game. And uh, the Chiefs did nothing, like you said, but shut them out in the first half, which was very impressive. I was kind of of the mindset that if the you know Tyreek Hill is one of those players where he's going to get his, right? It's just mm-hmm. about limiting the secondary options. So like the Jalen Waddell uh, and Mostert, Really. And those guys were held in check. I mean, Waddle had three catches for 42 yards. And uh, Raheem Mostert, yeah, he ran for 85 yards on 12 carries for a 7.1 average. But a lot of that came later in the second half uh, when things were starting to open up for them. So, and of course, Tyreek, who was averaging like 120 yards a game receiving, only had 62. Um, so Chiefs did a real nice job on him, and uh, we got we have to talk about Trent McDuffie if we're going to talk about this Chiefs defense. Trent McDuffie four forced fumbles this year, um, with of course with the key forced fumble on Tyree Hill. It's kind of funny because Trent McDuffie was picked with the pick that Tyree Kill uh, was essentially traded for uh, out of Miami, and uh, McDuffie forces the fumble. Brian Cook runs it back, or excuse me, Mike Edwards picks it up, laterals it to Brian Cook, which (laughs) one of the most important plays of the Chiefs' season to this point because it effectively won this game. Um, And uh, Trent McDuffie, I'm telling you what, I think that guy is going to be in consideration for all-pro cornerback this year with the way he's playing. Tough, physical, scrappy corner, and doesn't really get a whole lot of penalties on him. Um, And so I really look forward to the way that he's going to develop moving forward
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got any more to add to that? Oh, I was just going to say, thank you for pointing that out. McDuffie has been fantastic. Um, Now I would love to talk about the chief's struggles Mm. um, on offense. Um, And I just want to play a little game here and see if you can tell me, Without, without cheating now. Yeah, okay, let me...
0: Let me yeah.
1: All right, I'm off the internet now. <laughs> on, on Sunday, who led the Chiefs in receiving yards? You might already know this. And who led the Chiefs in targets?
0: I believe the receiving yards was Noah Gray, wasn't it?
1: Noah Gray with 34 yeah. receiving yards. Yeah,
0: I do remember that... 34, and it just went down gradually from there. As far as targets, I'm going to say Justin
1: Watson. Oh, two for two, Austin. Great job out of you. Not great out of Andy Reid in this (laughs) offense. Um, You're telling me that um, in this game, we had Noah Gray lead the team in receiving, Um, you know, even... You know, with Rasheed Rice being the emerging player that he is, I mean, you saw him on that screen pass, the way he turned up field and ran. Like, that dude has such crazy bursts. Like, the fact that they're not trying to get him stuff, more stuff underneath. Um, You know, if the route running is an issue at this point, which, I mean, I've seen some good stuff out of him in that department. I think he's uh, more advanced than what people give him credit for. Um, You know, it might be an issue learning the full playbook, but, Um, he's got some Christmas crispness to his routes Um, and the explosiveness is certainly there like that dude has different burst Um, the fact that he's not involved more um, and the fact that you know we can't get MVS on one deep ball we can't get Travis Kelsey over 34 yards like and granted credit a lot of that like I said to Vic Fangio they did a great job double covering Kelsey uh, but that speaks to the other Chiefs receivers, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, who played less than 20% of the snaps, which that's so frustrating because on his one catch on the day, like outside of Pacheco, like he's the only guy that can really do what he did on that one catch, which was get upfield and break a couple tackles. Like that was awesome to see, but we see him for one play because he's not reliable, can't really allow him to catch the football, and apparently he must struggle with the playbook. Austin, I, you could tell me, but I don't know any other reason why he would not be seeing the field more if it were not a playbook issue.
0: I mean, yeah, we've seen this time and time again from Andy Reid when players do not play, uh, it's either a turnover problem or it is a playbook issue. And I think it's gotta be a playbook issue because man has aside from that one game or the first game of the year where that ball went through his hands and turned into a pick six. I don't believe Kadarius Tony has had a turnover since then. Um, so to me, he's not picking up on something clearly. And this is a guy that this uh, front office identified as being the number one guy <laughs> at the beginning of the season. This is going to be our number one wide receiver. I can't believe they've rolled with him for this long. But um, certainly some change is going to have to come in that department. But with all due respect to Noah Gray and Justin Watson, um, yeah, it's not a great thing that those guys are the front of your receiving uh, stat line. Uh, We've said it before here, is that for whatever reason, Justin Watson has taken on the Tyreek Hill route tree. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but he's usually good for one of them a game, (laughs) but uh, not to be this time. Um, but the struggles continue. And we were talking about this before short yardage situations. And Isaiah, I said it a couple weeks ago when they failed to convert on some short yardage plays that at some point in time, the chiefs were going to lose a football game because of their inability to convert on third and fourth and short like three or less. And, uh, by God, it almost cost them (laughs) this past week. Uh, Were it not for this defense, who knows what would have happened. And of course, final play of the game, final active play of the game is that botched snap by the Dolphins. Um, Now, they may not have even converted and scored anyway, but you get what I'm saying here. The short down play calling is an absolute issue at this point. And literally what the most frustrating thing about it is everybody can see it. But yet, nothing yeah. is changing.
1: No, it's it's mind-boggling with short-yardage stuff. Like they need to get the ball in the hands of Pacheco more. I don't know. Like it feels like we almost need like a free-agent addition, like the Bills just did with Leonard Fournette. You know, he didn't play this past week. You know, he's on the practice squad, but it feels like they don't have really another back that they trust to run the football. Um, and I mean, I think that's evident with the carries that they're handing out because I think Pacheco had all but one or two carries, maybe three. Um, Yeah, Jerick McKinnon and LaMichael Perrine each had one carry apiece. Mahomes had six carries for 24 yards, which were all scrambles, um, because we're never going to do a design run for Patrick Mahomes (laughs) unless it's a do-or-die play in the super bowl (laughs) like um and andy knows it's going for a touchdown (laughs) he won't he won't sneak patrick ever again um so yeah it feels like they need another guy back there it's obviously not clyde edwards he you know i don't know there might there could be some veterans cut later in the year that the chiefs could look to bring in but it just feels like they need another back they trust back there because McKinnon's really just using the passing game, which love to see him get involved. You know, he got another uh, touchdown, Mister Touchdown McKinnon, um, as he's come to be here in Kansas City. So, but yeah, especially in the short yardage, like it just shows up that we can't slash don't run the football.
0: Yeah, it's just. It's so confusing because we ha- we've lauded our offensive line, those in that interior offensive line of Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney. And Reed apparently does not trust them to get one yard. <laughs> I just I don't understand. I've always been of the mindset if you have to trick the other team into you know making a mistake like the Chiefs have tried to do with some of these plays. Then you're basically telling them that you don't think you're good enough to just go out and get it, that you have to throw in some kind of, you know, trickery, to do so. And I don't think that's the case, just looking at the team. But I mean, the play calling is giving that impression. Um, so right. hopefully, that's something during this bye week, along with the wide receiver, you know, issues and the communication and all this other stuff that this team will get addressed before the next big game, which is Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. And Isaiah, don't look now. The easy part of the Chiefs' schedule has come and gone. Like, mm-hmm. we have got playoff teams up and down the rest of the schedule uh, and potential playoff teams as well, if you want to throw the Chargers in there, pending what happens tonight. Um, and, I mean, heck, for all the crap the Raiders get, uh. You know they're kind of in the mix at this point too, believe it or not. Um, but we've got the Bills coming up, we've got the Eagles coming up. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a race to the finish line here, that is for sure. So no Chiefs game this next week. Obviously they are on bye, but it is time, just like we do every week, to get into the picks of the week. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. If you loved this past week of football, you loved getting (laughs) to see the Ravens and the Seahawks, which turned out to be a dud. Uh, You know, if you loved watching Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Bengals last night. Well, let me tell you something. This next week is hot garbage in terms of NFL quality of games. But we found a few that might be noteworthy here, and we're going to start off with the San Francisco 49ers coming off a bye to go to Jacksonville and play the Jags. Isaiah, what do you think here?
1: You know, this is tough. Both these teams um, are coming off of their bye week. Um, you know, Jacksonville, they've won, I think, each game since they lost to us. That's uh, I think correct. That's correct. Five, five straight. Yep. Uh, maybe six straight at this point. Um, and they've looked excellent when healthy Um, you know they won at Pittsburgh at New Orleans um, against Buffalo Um, and they're winning all these games pretty handily outside of the uh, game against New Orleans uh, which I think that was a Thursday night game uh, which those are always weird on a short week Um, yeah that was a Thursday night game but the offense has been outstanding you know Doug Peterson is an Andy Reid disciple, so I like the Jaguars coming off the bye at home. Um, the Niners definitely needed that bye week to get healthy. Um, you know, with McCaffrey and Debo dealing with injuries, um, their offense hasn't been up to snuff. They've lost three straight in those games. They scored 19, or sorry, they scored 17, 17, yeah, they scored 17 points all three games scored 17 points out all three games after scoring 35 and 42 the previous two weeks. Um, and I think this Jacksonville pass rush with Josh Allen, with um, Trayvon Walker um, can get some penetration, um, even in, especially in the running game against the Niners, they can get up field, blow up some of those zone runs that, Shanahan loves to use, um, which in turn will harm the 49ers play action. So I like the Jags at home.
0: Hard to disagree there. You know, Jacksonville coming off a bye, they're on fire. Um, They've played some good games. You know, they beat the Bills, they beat the Saints, as you mentioned. And um, I'll tell you what, Travis Etienne is really starting to come into his own as being a feature back in this league. Uh, He's scored quite a bit this year. uh, As I would know, as he is currently carrying my fantasy team uh, (laughs) to a top spot as it stands currently. But, you know, there's a lot of questions right now surrounding Brock Purdy, and hopefully he got his mind and his his, uh, body right after the bye week. But I agree with you here. Jacksonville, they appear to be getting hot. And uh, I think they're going to stay hot here, and it's going to be more doom for the Niners. So Jacksonville is going to win this one. So next game we got here, which one of these teams is turning out to be quite the surprise, although I think you had mentioned something early in the year that this maybe would not be a surprise to you, and that is that the Houston Texans are starting to put something together with C.J. Stroud and new head coach Mika Ryans. And they are heading into Cincinnati to play the Bengals who are white hot uh, when it comes to quarterback position currently. Texans and Bengals, what what side are you going with here?
1: So I have to take the Bengals here. Um CJ Stroud played incredible um on Sunday against Tampa Bay. I was shocked um at how well he played. Um, you know, Because, I mean, that Tampa Bay defense, it's not like a young defense. Like, they have some veteran players. Um, Levante David, um, Shaq Barrett, you know, Jamel Dean, guys that have been around. Uh, Carlton Davis, um, just really, you know, a veteran laden defense. Vitavea, um, ton of guys. And CJ Stroud absolutely shredded them. Um, I forget what his numbers were it was it was insane it's five, he, I five touchdowns record. yeah <laughs> five touchdowns 470 yards um and he did almost all that in the second half um uh, they had just 10 points um at halftime and he just lit them on fire in the second um so great job of that texans coaching staff but all that to say I gotta go with Lou Anarumo and the Bengals defense. Um, CJ Stroud has not really had like a true, like bad performance. I mean, you could say like last week against the Panthers um, was pretty bad, um, which is funny because like Bryce Young has been significantly worse than CJ, but somehow pulled out the win here when they're a much worse team. but i think lou could really actually give cj real problems um for the first time this year we might see him possibly get a little bit overwhelmed you know this is the same kind of line of thinking i had going into steelers game and they beat the steelers 30 to 6. so i'm kind of terrified that i'm saying this (laughs) um but um even if you know the Bengals don't fully slow down the texans offense i think Texans defense certainly won't be able to stop Joe Burrow and company after giving up thirty-seven points to Baker Mayfield. So, I like the Bengals at home.
0: Yeah, this is a tough one because I, I'm starting to I'm starting to pay attention here to the Houston Texans. They're four and four. They're trailing Jacksonville for the lead in their division as it stands currently, um, and I believe this is prior to yesterday, or maybe it might be after yesterday, they have a 35% chance of making the playoffs in the AFC. Um, Now that would go up dramatically should they win this game, but I'm with you here. Um, After watching what that Bengals defense did to the Bills last night, I believe uh, they're a little bit underrated in my opinion, and Joe Burrow's playing as good as ever right now. That calf looks to be uh, okay with him running around and making plays and he was very very accurate last night in that game and um, I think the Bengals offense can do Enough here, uh, you know, maybe we see a shootout. Maybe not. I don't know uh, But I think it would just be pretty difficult for CJ Stroud to replicate that level of play for a second straight week in a row um, lastly a game of mild importance to Chiefs fans Uh, The Detroit Lions go down to L.A. to play the Chargers, and uh, the Lions, well, thankfully they beat the Raiders last week on Monday Night Football, but the week before that, they were throttled by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, So the Lions taking this this defense and this offense on the road to L.A. Isaiah, who's going to win?
1: You know, we got the Chargers-Jets game going on right now on my night football. They're beating the Jets 14-3, to and Zach Wilson looks awful. Um, Jets offense looks awful, even outside of Zach. Reese Hall had a fumble um, earlier. It was bad. Um, but Chargers are a little bit banged up. Um, obviously, they lost Mike Williams for a year. Um, they're receiver joshua palmer just went on ir with a knee injury you know so they're relying on quentin johnson who's barely played this year um and he hasn't done much this game uh so far and um you know they do have austin eckler still he can obviously be a threat the passing game but i just think the lions are a more complete team um jared goff has been playing Really well this year outside of the one game at Baltimore, which we just saw Baltimore destroy Seattle as well. Um, and I will say, Baltimore was my preseason Super Bowl pick, that's true. So, just, just putting that out there again, it's looking pretty good right now. Um, but yeah, I like the lines to go in there, um, and frustrate justin herbert um defensively and then offensively um i don't think the chargers will be able to stop um the running game or the passing game of the lions
0: well it's an awfully good thing that super bowl championships aren't given out in week 10 of the nfl season um right about that but i (laughs) it's a trifecta here i'm going to agree again the detroit lions you know there's justin herbert and the Chargers. Really, the Chargers in general—we do this every single year with them. Oh, they've got so many weapons. Oh, this. Oh, that. And then about week three of the NFL, half of them are injured. Uh, Mike Williams gone. Keenan Allen is susceptible to injury. Uh, I don't even know if he's—is he playing tonight as well?
1: Yeah. He, oh, who lost a sneeze? He's out there.
0: Yeah. So Keenan Allen, Eckler, Quentin Johnston. Just has not done anything this year. Um, I really thought he was going to star in that offense there. So I'm taking the Lions as well. The Lions, I mean, the longer this season goes on, you know, the more I'm thinking that the Lions have a legitimate shot to come out of the NFC uh, if they can get past a team like the Eagles, um, I think. But it kind of just depends on how the playoffs shake out on that side. But with that, it is time to move on to uh, my survivor pick. And I don't suppose you were listening to the podcast uh, f- live from the Dominican Republic. But uh, I now get the chance. Other, pr- other priorities. Uh, I imagine. Uh, now I get the pleasure of telling you this live on the air uh for the second straight year you're a loser um i mean there's no way around it i just i just can't and i've brought it up every single week while you're gone talking about it with you not here um of course but no strikes for me i picked the cleveland browns last week and they shut out the cardinals that was a great decision even before they traded joshua dobbs um but this week it has come to my attention that I have not used the Dallas Cowboys who are playing the New York Giants whom by the way they shut out in the week one game 40 to nothing or something like that and uh, the Giants are running something out there called a Tommy DeVito as a quarterback (laughs) and uh, that is never a good thing that guy it sounds like he should be like a member of mafia or something Uh, not a New York Giants quarterback, but they might be one in the same, but I'm taking the Cowboys this week. I mean, look, even if Daniel Jones was playing, this game's not even close. The Cowboys did just get beat by the Eagles, but week before the Cowboys demolished the Rams, this is a home game, the reverse fixture of the week one opener. So I'm taking the Cowboys and I will live to see another day in this survivor league. That's for sure. At this point, Isaiah, you know, Next week is week 11, and uh, at this point, I'm just trying to get to the end without a strike. That's my goal now. I mean, I'm over halfway there, but the picks are going to start becoming more and more difficult down the stretch. I will say that. Uh, No Chiefs pick today. Obviously, we'll get to that next week, but Isaiah, you have a a grievance that you want to air for the final play, so take us home.
1: I do have a grievance. I'd like to air. I'd like to petition the NFL to ban the NFC South from the playoffs. And I'd like to present as evidence week nine in the NFL. Um, let's go ahead and start with bears saints. The saints, um, tried to let the Chicago bears who are rolling out uh, division two quarterback Tyson badging, um, on offense and are in the race for the number one overall pick but this game was tied going into the fourth quarter Um, and probably the only reason the Saints won this game was Taysom Hill their tight end quarterback specialist uh, who accounted for a touchdown pass a touchdown catch and 52 yards on the ground Um, so outside of the you know Mormon monster, Taysom Hill, Um, the Saints could have lost to the Chicago Bears and probably deserve to lose to the Chicago Bears based on how they played in that game. Follow that up with the Atlanta Falcons losing to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Their starter for the game, Jaron Hall, gets hurt. And in comes recently acquired Joshua Dobbs, who did not take a single rep in practice, but somehow manages to run a two-minute offense and go down and score um, on the Falcons. Like he's having freaking O'Connell just call in the plays to his headset, tell him like, hey, you're reading high-low over here, or just look at the slot. Like I guarantee you that's what's happening. And they pull off the victory against the Falcons like embarrassing loss for Atlanta. They need to go back to Desmond Ritter. Um and then last but certainly not least, you have the well, I'm not no I'm only half I'm only halfway there. I'm only halfway there. I'm just getting started. The freaking Carolina Panthers, you know, Bryce Young throws three interceptions, two pick sixes. To the same guy, he throws two pick-sixes to Kenny Moore, both over 49 yards. They lose 13 to 27 to the Colts. Um, he didn't lose to Anthony Richardson because he's on IR. He lost to Gardner Minshew. Um, this was supposed to be an all-star coaching staff, and the Panthers sit at one and seven with their only win coming against the Houston Texans, who were like the favorites to get the number one pick um, coming into the year. And then. Um, You have a team that lost to that team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who lose 37-39. They allow C.J. Stroud to set the rookie record for touchdown passes in a game, throw for almost 500 yards. And if it isn't bad enough, they scored with 46 seconds left, thinking they had the game sealed away. But they allow the Texans to drive the length of the field in 40 seconds. And to add on to all of this, They could have taken a 10 second runoff when they had first and 10 at the 16 yard line, but they decided they wanted a little bit more time. When 36 seconds would have been more than enough, they still had one timeout left. They elected to use that timeout instead of the 10 second runoff, which probably would have won them the game. Um, So, just atrocious play in the NFC South whichever team from the nfc south ends up making the playoffs because one of them has to just take your mortgage out and put it (laughs) put it on the other team don't do that please that responsibly Weirder things have happened but holy cow ban the nfc south give another division an additional wild card team